Hey guys, welcome back to Girlmates Show, the relationships podcast for people in a relationship with TV. This week we really were in deep relationships with our TV watching, I would say. Yes. I would say both shows we watched this week really brought us in to a relationship feeling. Very romantic. Yes. And it threw it threw me off. It really awakened feelings that I don't that I've never haven't felt for a long time. <laughs> yeah, it's been a it's been a good while. Really makes you think. <laughs> it really truly does. We watched Catch Twenty Two and we watched Fleabag, and then we'll still have our last and final Queen's Landing because we also watched the Game of Thrones documentary. Mm-hmm. Um, but first, we will discuss our top three ships so i I think we've talked about our favorite couples yeah we've talked about our favorite couples um but i think this is all about the process of getting together or maybe not getting together exactly it's like the couples that give you the will they won't they Mm -hmm. like tension for usually several seasons Mm -hmm. yes okay i will go first and say (laughs) i'm gonna start with the riverdale one um, perfect. That lines up with my first one oh, as well. Oh, perfect. <laughs> um, Cheryl and Tony, they are very hot. And <laughs> that's one of the, not a requirement, but it's highly encouraged for a good ship. <laughs> two hot people. Yes. Um, two hot people. And also that they can like, they let you, they, uh, they leave room for them to be themselves with each other. And I think that's important and great. And I think they are really fun and funny together. And really, Archie or Varchi and Bughead <laughs> are like kind of boring. So, so which are those characters on the show? I only really know those core four peeps. So Cheryl is Cheryl Blossom, the redhead girl, the redhead girl. Okay, and Tony is the girl from the Serpents. Okay, is that what they're called? The gang is that the gang? Well, my limited knowledge of Riverdale is that there are multiple gangs, and so I assume the Serpents is one of those. The South Side Serpents. Okay, okay. So I was right, it just sounded a little bit off because I wasn't saying the full name. Your instinct was right, though. As per usual. Yeah, thank you. My number three is also CW ship, and it is from The Vampire Diaries, and it is Klaus and Caroline, a.k.a. Claroline. Claroline. And they were a fun ship because Klaus was like the like a really great villain mm-hmm. for a while and Caroline is a good guy. Mm-hmm. But she was always like his weak kind of spot, which is always fun. Yeah. And like they had kind of a love-hate thing going on and um also they it was one of those things that was really really built up like really tense for a while. And then they just kind of dropped it, and it was pretty disappointing. But even in the finale, uh, spoiler alert, they did have a hookup, but it seemed like the writers were just like, fine, here you go, because they never really talked about it again. <laughs> and it wasn't really what we as the fans wanted. But even in the finale, there were like little hints of like what Claroline could be one day. Mm. So I'm still holding a candle for Claroline. Um but it just was something that made the show really fun. Maybe you should name your firstborn child Claroline. I mean, it's a beautiful name. <laughs> it's it's <great>. like Renesme. <laughs> exactly. Um, and I think it's also important to note that they weren't like the main love triangle. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think these side ones are more fun ships. Totally. 
It's like you're saying. Like, once the main uh, couples get together, it's snoozeville. Yeah, agreed. But speaking of main couples... <laughs> well, like, my next two are main couples. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I'm gonna go with Mindy and Danny on this one. I may have included them in my list. Maybe they're in yours. They're also my number two. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, how can you not? They're... Getting together was perfect. I will never forget that moment on the airplane. Oh, my um, gosh. And it's... They did a good job because, like, from the pilot, you know that those are the two characters that they're going to... Like, you're going to... Like, you know they'll get together. Yeah, they're going to butt heads and then they're going to get together. Exactly. But it was still really good tension mm-hmm. and really hot when they finally yeah, hooked up. Maybe that's the last time I felt this way. Fleabag brought out these feelings and... Mm-hmm. Maybe that episode of Mindy Project is the last time I've really felt that. I think so, too, for me. Yeah. Especially because, like, I was really upset in a lot of the ups and downs of Mindy Danny Mm -hmm. because I was so emotionally attached. Mm -hmm. And that's pretty rare. Yeah. The ups are up, the downs are down. Well, good. I'm glad we shared that number, too. They, uh, they're just so good. Two great characters, and an unlikely couple that legitimately works. Yes. And hot people. Yep. Um, my number one, I'm going I'm going to go with June and Nick from Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> of course. <laughs> Shocker. It used, it used to be um like how many times will Taylor bring up John Hamm? And I've now moved on. <laughs> and now it's how how often will she find a way to work Max Mangella into something? <laughs> He's a, and it's myself. a welcome a welcome reference because he's amazing. Thank you. And I wanted to choose this one because it's still playing out and we still don't know. And it's a very hard thing because I also really love her husband who is like still looking for her. But I just have pretty deep rooted feelings that like Nick has to be the one because he's the only one that was there and really knows what she went through. Mm-hmm. Well, it's interesting because both couples experience d- very different traumas. Yes, it's true. Like, the other, like, she has a child with her husband. So, like, it's very conflicting, <laughs> but I think I'm still Team Nick. That's a good one. Thank you. What's your number one? My number one, I went classic. I went with Jim and Pam. Perfect. Because even though I have conflicting feelings when I rewatch The Office about Jim and Pam as a couple, or not as much as a couple, but, like, when they're not together yet, um, but, like, it was a phenomenon to experience that, like, as a society. Totally. <laughs> like, that is probably the strongest ship of me watching a show as, like, a teenager. hmm And, like, I cried in the Casino Night episode. Like, it was just so many really deep emotions, and so I had to I had to give him the number one spot. It was really intense. I'm glad you did. When I was thinking about bonuses, I wanted to know if you remember your first ever ship. Like, even when you were a kid. Hmm. It's kind of a hard thing. Yeah, because I feel like most shows that I watched on, like, Disney Channel, a lot of the boys just, like, came and went, you know? Mm-hmm. But I feel like probably Gilmore Girls and probably Jess, Mm -hmm. even though my feelings on that have changed since then. I would say maybe that was my first one. That's kind of the fun of, like, looking back at these first ones, though. I think that my first 
everyone was on recess. Oh. I wanted Spinelli and TJ. All, like, I was always, yeah, like, having funny one. feelings about them. Yeah. And they have an episode where, like, everyone dares them to kiss. <laughs> so I think that one's mine. But also, I'm trying to remember, like, now I don't consider Gordo on Lizzie McGuire, like, an old, like, a crush, really. Yeah. But I did kind of ship Lizzie yeah, and Gordo. I did. I did, too. I got excited about that. So mm-hmm. that's an early one, too, for me. Yeah, that's fun to think about. Maybe I'll have to come back to that. What did well? You loved Zoe One Hundred and One. Did you ship any of those kids? I can't remember. I'm sure I did. <laughs> they had to throw shippable, like friend situations yeah, in and all like, those kids all of shows. Them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was always just like the fun best friend that like they felt so comfortable with, and mm-hmm. they would talk about their crushes to each other. But one of them, they both liked each other, but didn't want to ruin the relationship. Blah blah blah. Yeah, I mean, literally every show had that. It made it seem like that was going to happen every single person on the <laughs> earth. Seriously. I only have one piece of news, but it's a piece of news that I am actually so excited about. Between Two Ferns is becoming a Netflix movie. I did not know that! (laughs) Oh my gosh, I'm so excited. I love Between Two Ferns. It just says, starring Zach Galifianakis, featuring celebrities you've heard of. And like, (laughs) what celebrities is it going to be? I'm so excited. Yeah, what? It's so funny that it's a movie. Uh Uh-huh. I was... In my head, I was finishing your sentence for you. I was thinking it was going to be like a weekly show. No, it's a movie. I don't know what even that oh means, but we have to wait till September 20th. Boo. But I'm really excited. Me too. My one piece of news this week is that Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse is coming to Netflix on June 26th. <gasps> oh my gosh. I'm so stoked to watch it every night before I go to sleep. That's amazing. Yeah. Okay. I didn't know that either. Wow, I love sharing news that we didn't know about. It's so fun. I feel like it doesn't a- happen that often. No, it really doesn't. And, like, getting a true live reaction. Yeah, because if it does, maybe we've talked about it right before. Yeah, and so we're recording. like, oh, wow, that's great news. <laughs> Acting. <laughs> Should we talk Catch-22 first? Yes. Is uh, it too objectifying if we talk about our first note? No. <laughs> so... Catch-22 is the new series on Hulu, based on the book by Joseph Heller, and we have to bring this up because it's literally the the note we both took almost verbatim. Mm-hmm. The first note we both took is... You read Abbott's- yours, I'll read mine. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Christopher Abbott's butt. And my note was, see Christopher Abbott's butt in the first 10 seconds, I'm in. <laughs> And that is the only note I took during that whole show. (laughs) Uh, It was really important. I mean, it was hard not to look. Like, they forced it upon us, so. They're begging us to look. Okay, let's rewind. Christopher Abbott, for starters, is in the TV show Girls. Mm -hmm. He's also in the first season of The Sinner. Oh, I forgot about that. I haven't Mm -hmm. watched that yet. I forgot about that whole show. Need to watch. The summary of this book, I'm going to try to remember my essays on this book from my <laughs> senior year of high school. You didn't print them out? I actually was really dying to reread them <laughs> to see how I analyzed this because I probably had a better handle on the story back then. Yeah. Basically, this is set during World War II and um, Christopher Abbott plays the main character, Usarian, and he is a soldier. He's a, a fighter pilot. 
and it's basically following him through um, his training and then being stationed in Italy. And the whole theme of the story is basically, like, the bureaucracy of war and kind of just, like, life. Yeah, and, like, the military. Yeah. And so it's, like, it is a commentary on military. It's also kind of a commentary on, like, like American business and just, like, American bureaucracy and everything in government in like society in general and like how meaningless certain things are and mm-hmm. i feel like that's kind of that's the general gist of it mm-hmm. um this is also it has a really good cast it's also starring george clooney uh he plays the character scheisskopf which is where i learned that german swear word in high school so this book has always been really meaningful to me <laughs> <laughs> and um, you always remember your first <laughs> Um, and then Kyle Chandler plays, uh, Colonel Cathcart. So there's three, like, really great I'm smiling so big because he does a really good job. Yeah, he's, he's really good in this. He's really funny. And unlike, he's very different from Coach Taylor, even though they kind of have the same job. Yeah, it's basically like he's bad Coach Taylor. Yeah. It's really entertaining. George Clooney is also really good in it. Yeah, he's great. I feel like I haven't seen him act for for a while. A, he was still really fine, and B, um, he was also really funny. Yeah, he was great. One thing I was thinking about this whole movie, and not just because it was also George Clooney, but I thought a lot about A Brother Where Art Thou. Mm-hmm. It was very Coen Brothers-esque. Even yeah, especially though, like the coloring. Oh, the coloring was basically like they used the same filter that they used in A Brother Where Art Thou. <laughs> the O Brother Where Art Thou filter. Yeah. <laughs> I would buy that app. <laughs> Everyone looked really beautiful. Yeah. It was very flattering light. Um, but, like, just kind of, like, the the dialogue was very similar to that, mm-hmm. um, kind of, which it was really true to the book, which is, like, a lot of, like, wordplay and, like, intentionally kind of confusing you. Mm-hmm. And, like, just kind of a lot of, like, back and forth double speak, Like, very witty and old school mm-hmm. to, like, movies from the 40s and stuff. Uh, oh, Brother, Where Art Thou is my favorite George Clooney role because I like how, like, kind of the fast-talking, over-the-top, like, old-timiness. Mm-hmm. And he, this was right up that alley for totally. him again. So that was yeah. really fun. I was curious. There were also a lot of pretty shocking um, things that happened. And I was wondering, as someone who read the book, were you shocked by things or were you expecting them? Um, I was pretty shocked by a lot of them. A, because I don't remember the whole book that well, Mm -hmm. but also I was thinking about it and actually seeing these characters go through certain things, it was so much more, like, humanizing and Mm -hmm. emotional because in the book, each character is still doing, like, I think it was really close to the book, Mm -hmm. and each character is very distinct from the next, but you still, I, like, I think that you intentionally... Um, or the author, like, intentionally makes you kind of picture them all as the same. Yeah. And so when a shocking thing happens, it feels really abrupt and you're not the, as nearly as emotionally attached as mm-hmm. watching the show. It's very different seeing someone get killed, killed shall we'll we just say, say <laughs> um, on screen than, like, reading it, I'm sure. Oh, 100%. It was very graphic. <laughs> and I feel like I'm never going to imagine, unless it's, like, specifically described i'm never going to imagine something as graphically as it actually would happen yeah so um no it was a really different experience and i feel like it's it 
even though the story was the same, and I think that it was a good adaptation, I think that the effects of both the book and the movie or the show will uh, be just super different because the book is almost like you're super detached, like Mm -hmm. intentionally of all this crazy, awful stuff that's happening. And in the show, like you're seeing everyone, all these characters reactions to it and how like horrified and sad they are. Yeah. It was even just so different, like Yasarian as a character, because in the book, he just seems more like kind of a brick wall. Yeah. And not nearly as emotional, but I feel like Christopher Abbott did a good job of like, he still is like emotionally removed because he hates everything so much, Mm -hmm. but he still is like a human being and Mm -hmm. loves these people. But yeah, so I thought Christopher Abbott did a phenomenal job. And when I was watching it, I was thinking about how I would not be surprised. And honestly, I kind of hope that he's nominated for something. I do too. He was really good. Yeah, it was he was amazing. Well, and I don't, since I haven't watched The Sinner, I don't know, um, is he, like, the main character in that? Because I- He's not the main character, but he plays Jessica Biel's husband. Okay. And this is way more dramatic than what he played it. Oh, in really? that, yeah. Because I was thinking, I personally haven't ever seen him, like, carrying a whole show. No, and th- I think in some interviews he was saying that this is his first time um, doing that, and so he was really scared. Cute. So cute and precious. <laughs> he's just like, he's like just a really beautiful person. Yeah. He's got like long eyelashes and freckles, mm-hmm. curly dark hair. Mm-hmm. It's like a Greek prince. Yeah, I love him. So not only was he so hot, he's also, he was great. Yeah, he was incredible. I was really impressed with him. It was also interesting because, um, and this is probably just me being dumb as a teenager, and like I was, I was reading kind of some summaries of the book just to make like to compare while I was watching mm-hmm. it, and like his character is twenty eight in the book, but when I was reading that in high school, I didn't picture them looking as young as they did, which was so dumb because that's how the army is, especially like in World War Two. Mm-hmm. But I just pictured them older, and so it was even more jarring actually seeing all this stuff happening to such young people. Yeah. That's so interesting. It was, like, just a very eye-opening about, like, my perception going into the show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's really interesting. Well, I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really it done really well. Yeah, it was really good and really interesting. It's on Hulu. And it's, it's six episodes, and they're all about 45 minutes long. Yeah. It was a quick watch. Yeah. Okay. On to... Wow. Fleabag. I'm a little speechless. It's going to be kind of hard to even talk about. Mm-hmm. Neither of us had watched season one, but I've always had it on my list and just never did it. And I don't know why, because there's very little episodes and they're so short. Yeah. <laughs> Which, you know we love. <laughs> but season two just dropped this last week. And so we thought the time was now. And the time was now. <laughs> the time, for better or for worse, this was the a good week for us to watch it because it really just like hit us hard yeah i was very emotional last night when i finished it i was crying very hard um i'm still thinking about it today uh like i don't it'll take a while for it to leave me i feel like same like i felt like i had gone through something yeah they like make you feel things personally for better or for worse (laughs) 
And like, I don't even know how, like we were trying to figure out why I just, I don't even know if there, it's just, I have no idea. Storytelling. Yeah. It's just really well done. Safe to say we're both obsessed with Phoebe Waller-Bridge. Yeah. Even more now than we were. And she's the creator of Killing Eve, correct? Yeah, and writes writes it. And she's only 33. It's crazy. And I just read, when I was kind of researching her a little bit, that she was brought in to help with the next James Bond script. So that's cool. Let's bring some cool females into that then. That aren't just side chicks of Bond. Literally, that's what she said, that she was brought in to make them feel like real people. Awesome. (laughs) Wow, I want to get paid to do that. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, but if she's my competition of, like... Oh, yeah, it's true. Give it to her. I could never match up to that talent. No. Do you want to give a brief summary? Yeah, so I'll... And I'll summarize each kind of separately, because both okay. seasons are really different. Yeah, they are very different. So, basically, the first season, it's following around... Uh, her character's name is Fleabag, which is funny, because mm-hmm. she's never referred to directly as that. No. And not very few characters actually are given names, which is cool. So it's basically following her around. She's about 30. She lives in London. It follows her around uh, a lot. It's the first season. Well, both seasons about her love life, Mm -hmm. basically. But it's also about her relationships with her family, which are at times very like like range from nice to extremely tense. So Um, normal. Yeah. Very. Yeah. It's really really well done family dynamics and she's dealing with a really recent trauma throughout the first season Mm -hmm. and so her trying to kind of cope with that i poorly (laughs) yes um and one thing i really loved about the first and then it carries into the second season is how she'll just break the fourth wall and talk directly to the audience Mm -hmm. it's very interesting yeah and it's like kind of uh rapid fire Mm -hmm. so it's different than i've ever seen do that. And while she's doing it, I just kept thinking about the actors that are around her and how they have to like pretend like they're not hearing and it's I would have a such a hard time like not reacting. Yeah, it really speaks to how if good I've the whole cast is. Anything this week it's that I was never um I could never be an actor. <laughs> um no, sounds terrifying. And this is something I wanted to ask you and I don't think it's spoilery if we say it correctly. But in season two, someone kind of catches on about her kind of talking to the camera. Do you mm-hmm. think that's spoilery? No, I don't think so. I'm just wincing because it makes me hurt inside. I know. <laughs> and I'm curious what, like, your take on that is. So when it was happening, because mm-hmm. I was trying to kind of analyze it, too. The way I read it was that it was showing how strong their connection is. That's what I was... I was reading it like that, too. I okay. was kind of like... I I think, to me, it shows that no one's really paying attention to her. Yeah. And, like, this person really sees her for who she is. I'm gonna cry again. <laughs> it's a lot. It's so... Well, and what a great... The best kinds of shows are things that have... Uh, are, are shows that have stuff like that, and then don't directly say that for the audience. Like... Mm-hmm. That's, like, you experiencing it, watching it. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. It was really special. Yeah. It's very special. Sorry, um, I don't think I let you do season two. Oh, that's okay. That was a good segue, anyway. Um, season two um, picks up, and it's it's nice because it's a time jump, and so um, she's figured a lot of the issues she dealt with in the first season out, but as life 
does. There's plenty of new issues mm-hmm. and still a lot that carry over, specifically family stuff. Basically, the second season is um, following her with like kind of an unavailable yeah. love interest. Mm-hmm. And it is like we've been saying, it is like heart wrenching. It is seriously in a really great way. Like, it's just, it feels like living through, like, your own real-life crush. Mm-hmm. A thought I just had was one of the uh, last things I watched that made me feel like those emotions again was actually maybe Call Me By Your Name. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's Where a good comparison. Yeah, like, it's just, like, so painful, but, like, you want to keep watching it. Like, and it feels like someone is physically, like, pushing on your chest. Yeah. Yeah. Because I feel like it's just so rare. I love watching love stories, but I don't usually feel like I'm experiencing it. Mm -hmm. And I really felt like that in this. Mm -hmm. And I really, like, I was right there with her wanting to find excuses to go see him and just, like, go to all this. It was really good. (laughs) And still really, really funny the whole way through. Mm -hmm. I love it when a show can, like, combat really serious, deep feelings and emotions, but still have a lightness and um, some comedy with it. Yeah. And aside from the romantic relationship plot lines, I think that the sister plot line is also equally as important. and it's amazing. Also makes you feel things and... If you have a sister, I think it's pretty easy to relate. Yes. They do a really good job of portraying the highs and lows of sisterhood. Yeah. It's it's just really, really good. They feel every character in this. And that's what's so interesting that not most of them don't even have character names. Mm-hmm. But they all feel like really, really real people. Mm-hmm. And like in the first season, especially as you're still getting to know the characters, there are things where I would get really nervous about um, her relationship with her sister. Mm -hmm. But, like, even when they're so furious at each other, like, they're still there for each other. Yeah. It's so good. It's amazing. I love her sister. She might be my favorite character in the whole show. She's really good. She's so funny. And I love how, like, Phoebe, like, even, like, she just knows her sister so well that Mm -hmm. she knows what she's actually trying to say and what she's actually thinking in, like, every situation. Even though, like, they're so different from each other. Mm-hmm. That's so good. And then it can't go without saying that um, Olivia Coleman is also a character in this show. And she is brilliant. She is so funny. It's not a surprise, but... And so terrible. Yeah. And so good. She plays her stepmom slash godmother. Yeah. <laughs> it's really interesting and hilarious and... A lot of things. <laughs> it is. It's just a lot of things. Yeah. Um, I would say I like the second season better than the first, but I still loved both of them. I wouldn't even say I related more to the second one. I would say it did, or did a little bit of a better job making me feel that way. Yeah. Even though I probably did relate to it a little bit more, but... No, I agree with you. I think that... I think that the first season felt more specific to Fleabag. Yeah. And the second season was somehow, like, even though it was, like, a very specific situation, like, I just felt like 
I could, like, I'd lived through it and I will live through it a million times over. Yeah, it felt very universal. It felt like how I feel about, like, a Taylor Swift song. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Wow, imagine if Phoebe and Taylor paired up. Then we would all just be emotionally out of commission for, like, a year. <laughs> Seriously. Um, okay, the last thing I will also say is that there are a lot of really great, like, sermons <laughs> slash, like, one-liners. I won't read the long ones, but there are some, re- like, there's one about females and how they're born with pain, and it is really good. Yeah. <laughs> Here's my top three one-liners. Okay. <laughs> um, two of them are from the sister's hus- lame husband, and... At one point, he's like, fine, I mix up birthdays. <laughs> and I think that that's really funny. <laughs> and then another one is that he says, I'm not a bad guy, I just have a bad personality. And I thought that was also very funny. So, oh my gosh. And I feel then, like there's so many guys that if they were self actually self-aware that they w- could describe themselves that way. And totally. They would. I wish they would. Yeah, seriously. And then this one will hit you like a dagger in the heart, but it's love isn't something that weak people do. And it hit me so hard, I like stayed up all night making a little quote thing for my phone. Ugh. It's really heartbreaking. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm just used to my like numb, callous reaction to a love story. Mm-hmm. Like the a Nicholas Sparks kind of love story movie will not really hit me. Mm-hmm. Like, I, it's not like I won't necessarily enjoy watching it. I'll just be like, that was a love story that I do not relate to at all. No. Like, too dramatic, you yeah. know? But it's these ones that are more realistic that feel like the end of the world mm-hmm. kind of drama. And those are the ones that are just like, oh, my gosh. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. And it's so funny that, like, the guy is the hot priest That's, like, kind of a hashtag that I think is, like, going around this week. We were talking about it. It's, like, there's something so, so, like, sexy about him. And he's just kind of, like, a normal, cute guy. Mm -hmm. And that is, like, a great, great, great character. Yes. So we highly recommend it. Our hat's off to you. We bow to you. Phoebe Waller-Bridges. Yeah. PWB. Okay. Quick Queen's Landing. Mm Mm-hmm. Quick and final. Yeah. The documentary. We watched it last night. It's two hours long. It's really good, but it's also kind of weird. Yeah, you'll get to know intimately one of the extras, which it is interesting because, like, it's fun to follow an extra that's literally been in, like, four seasons. Mm -hmm. One of the makeup prosthetics Mm -hmm. artists. Mm -hmm. You actually do get to know the Night King really Really well, well. And um, the guy who makes all the snow. Yeah. I think those are, like, the main four characters of this documentary. um, like, the manager, like, of the lot. Yes, the lot locations manager and the executive producer. Yeah. Which are all very interesting sides of the production to cover. Mm -hmm. I think we we both talked about how we were expecting to see more, um, like, talking heads of the actual cast. Yeah. We saw, like, a little bit of Kit Harrington, and we saw a little bit more of Amelia Clark, but mm-hmm. that was it. Yeah. There was, like, no other inside or, like, view of any other character. No. Which was kind of sad. 
Yeah, just because, like, we love this cast so much. It would have mm-hmm. been really, really great to see even more last day reactions. Yeah. That would have been really nice. I just felt like it seemed, I had told this to Jordan already, but it kind of seemed like an unauthorized documentary. And I think that for something as big as Game of Thrones, we deserved, like, basically a Katy Perry documentary movie in theaters, you know? 100%. Well, it's like... They made a lot of weird artsy decisions, like they're trying to win an award or something. And it's but like, no, you're not going to. So you should have just given us what we want. Yeah. Um, and I would have watched a longer documentary if they wanted to do two hours of the like logistical stuff mm-hmm. and then another two hours of table read yeah. footage or something like that. Mm-hmm. Especially because like we've learned so many fun behind the scenes stuff from the cast, something that I was kind of hoping what we'd see is that apparently that all the when each cast member wrapped, they got like a, they got to take a storyboard that they the writers had put together like of one of their most iconic scenes. And I would have liked to kind of see more of that kind of stuff. Yeah. Well, we got to see Kit's final and Amelia's final yeah. a little bit. And those were both big highlights of the documentary because yeah. they both were really emotional and it was really really sweet to see them. And, like, there was one scene that I was really interested in. It was them, like, filming a funeral-ish scene after the big battle of Winterfell. And, like, it's very interesting because um, Sophie, who plays Sansa, was, like, crying off camera. And, but it, and it was, like, so moving, but the song was the weirdest song I've ever heard. And it was just very distracting and made me mad. (laughs) It was very, very weird. Yeah. I think that's probably the number one weirdest thing about the documentary were some of the song choices yeah, that the they music was just randomly play. It was weird. Like, it would have been better just to have silence during those emotional parts. Mm-hmm. Or, uh, I don't know, like, the Game of Thrones theme song, if you have to put music in. Yeah, because, like, the opening Game of Thrones theme song, that was, like, really cool. Like, lullaby version. Yeah. Anyway, it was still interesting, and I'm glad we watched it, but... Yeah. I still want more. Like, yeah. they have footage. Give it to us. Yeah, or, like, how about two hours of bloopers? <laughs> yeah, also that. I would love for that to exist. Crush time. Crush of the week. You go first. I mean, mine's going to be no surprise. I couldn't not choose Christopher Abbott. No. I mean, I feel like you deserve credit. Like, I hope he blows up now, but I feel like you... I've had my eye on him. Yeah, he's since been day on your one. crush radar for ages. Yeah. So, yeah, you deserve credit for that. Thank you. I'm having a tough time because I want to choose Kyle Chandler, mm-hmm. but I think I have to choose Hot Priest. Just for I like the feelings. Good, good call. The feelings that I felt. Kyle Chandler always will be so hot, gets hotter every year. He's really good in Catch 22. Hot Priest, never heard of him before. I should look up the actor's name. <laughs> And not call him Hot Priest. His character's name is technically the priest, but I think most people know him as the Hot Priest. He's just, like, the perfect crush ever. In real Mm -hmm. life, in a show. He's, like, really genuine, really a great listener, and a really good friend, but also just, like, goofy and flirty and Mm -hmm. just everything you could ever want. And really funny and jokey, and I absolutely died every time. He thought there was a fox nearby, (laughs) and he would, like, be startled. It was, like, a random thing they added that was great. Yeah, 
it felt like real anecdotes from a real person. Yeah. And the CGI fox was better than the CGI ghost. Yeah. <laughs> Prime. And there's no way Prime has a higher CGI budget than HBO. No. The actor's name is Andrew Scott. Um, How normal. Extremely. Okay. IMDb is telling me that he plays Moriarty in Sherlock. Is that the same guy? Did you watch Sherlock? I did, but it's been a really long time. You know, like, Sherlock's main nemesis? I thought he did look really familiar, and I looked up his IMDb, but I must not have paid attention because I figured he was a, like, just, like, a side character, not, like... Yeah, no, well, I haven't... character. I haven't watched... All of Sherlock. I don't even know if I got to the Moriarty episodes, but I always thought he was like kind of older. But I've seen pictures of him in it, so it like adds up. That's just pretty crazy. Those are two really different characters, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, I wouldn't be surprised if we start seeing him more in more things. Totally. I feel like I love that the caliber of actors that that show got. Yeah. Like freaking Olivia Colman was in like every episode. Mm-hmm. And she just won the Oscar, so I'm sure she's busy. Mm-hmm. But it's just really good. Yeah. So go watch, go watch them all. Gotta watch them all. Gotta watch them all. Gotta catch twenty two all them flea bags. Gotta catch all twenty two <laughs> fleas. Hmm. Good. We're ending, gonna though. we're gonna workshop that. <laughs> that was so good. It should be our. We're gonna trademark that. <laughs> We'll see you next time. (laughs) See you next time.